0: Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and in context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy.
1: Hey, good night, everybody. Good evening, everybody. This is the Anonymous Podcast, episode 25, and we are gathering together tonight to talk about my personal favorite, Tradition 3. Um, and before we get into tradition 3 I'm gonna have everybody go around and introduce themselves. I'll give it a start. I'm Michelle C. I'm from Bend, Oregon, and uh, my clean date is 8:13, 1992 My home group is the Early Risers. Uh, we meet seven days a week at 7 a.m. Pacific, and we're online. Uh, Douglas.
0: Thanks, Michelle. My name is Douglas. I go clean March 12, 2000 in uh, southwestern PA. Um, and uh, I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. Uh, thanks. Thanks,
1: Douglas.
2: Brooke. Hi, my name is Brooke. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, I got cleaned 6 16, 1997 and I attend meetings here in Denver. My home group is Just Can't Miss It on Wednesday nights. Thanks, Brooke. Alberto.
3: I'm Alberto and I'm an addict. My clean date is 10-30-16. I'm currently in Fort Worth, Texas, attending meetings in the Lone Star area.
1: Melissa.
4: Hi, family. My name is Melissa and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. My home groups are Freedom and Change and Spiritual Ninjas and I attend meetings in the Slidell and New Orleans area.
1: Melissa, Carl.
5: I'm Carl. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date's January the 6th of 2015, and my home group is Open Mind in New Orleans.
6: Donna, saving the best for last. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name is Donna. I'm an addict here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date I celebrate on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, first one was in 1985. My home group is Solutions for Living at 6 p.m., uh, on Sundays and I attend meetings in the Lane County area and online. Happy to be here. Thanks, Donna. All right,
1: so we are digging into tradition three, which states the only requirement for membership is a desire stop using. Hey, Brooke, you wanna read those first two uh, paragraphs on page 42 so where we're we gonna start. Sure. <clears throat>
2: okay. There's only one requirement for membership but membership will require much of us. Tradition three swings the door to Narcotics Anonymous wide open and invites an opening in our own hearts. As long as we have a desire to stop using drugs, our right to membership in NA is unconditional. We may attend meetings for a long time before deciding to be members. When we make that decision, our lives begin to change. Working the steps deepens our understanding of membership. We begin with surrender, we find hope, we make a decision. The third tradition confronts us with our prejudices, control issues, insecurities and fears. It also reveals generosity, compassion and empathy. Openness calls for a change of heart. Our minds may change quickly, but to change our hearts, we have to humbly ask. The more real we get, the more willing we are to let go of our defects, secrets and resentments. We make amends and. In- clean up after ourselves so we don't have to drag our shame and fear around anymore because of our membership in na because our membership in na is secure we are free to be honest about who we are wow okay <laughs> um yeah really like that whole list of uh, spiritual principles in there is fantastic mm-hmm. um I guess you know we begin with surrender. We find hope. We make a decision, and then um, we have the option of being of holding on to our prejudices, control issues, insecurities, and fears, or we can grab onto that generosity, compassion, and empathy. Is kind of what it says. And then, oh my gosh, wow! And then it talks about like how the steps can help us. With our our minds may change quickly, but to change our hearts, we have to humbly ask. All that is just fantastic to me. Um, yeah, because uh, if you haven't worked the steps, that that's really, that's pretty really, really brilliant that they just put it that quickly. Um, you know, because it's not it's not about being perfect; it's about going in a direction that we want to go in. And tradition three is is right as we walk in the door, we get to start practicing that. It's like, do I want to be a part of this? And then once I'm a part of it, it's like. Uh, you want to be a part of it I will accept you too you know <laughs> I mean it's like that, that kind of stuff is just like it's just great for us to um to learn how we view each other and how we treat each other that's enough of me Thanks, bro
1: I uh you know I was, I was saying at the beginning there that this is my favorite tradition and for me it's it's about that very last sentence in the first paragraph when we make the decision our lives begin to change you know like this this tradition gave me the freedom to know that that i got to decide when i was ready to be a member and that all i had to do until that point was to be pray for the willingness to be willing right like i had to keep i had to keep this mindset of you know am i I ready for this life because i knew when i made that choice my life was going to change and i don't think i was totally ready for it right and and um you know i had i had 10 months and i relapsed and and that relapse—not that that's a requirement, but it was for me—was when my decision happened. and I decided to change, and I really, you know, put my put my heart into, um, and my energy into working in our anonymous program. And but that, and, and the fact that. Um, But that's the only requirement, right? Like, I don't don't have to have have anything else when I can come in here. I can come in here emotionally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, financially bankrupt. Like, nobody's expecting anything from me. I just have to have desire, right? And and when I have that desire, the people who are willing to give it away are there, right? Um, Anyway, Melissa, what you got?
4: Yeah thanks Michelle so um you know this really is beautiful like this whole everything I've read so far um it's just like so touching and so powerful so um I like how it said um membership will require much of us you know because it does you know just just stepping in like it it touches on um actually on the next page about like that anguish and like in the um the courage and just all that stuff that it takes to like finally come into narcotics anonymous and surrender, you know, and um it does require a lot to stay, you know, to come in and then stay. And and so I just like how I had pointed that out and I liked how it said unconditional, right? Because my brain likes, and I mean this is what this whole tradition to me means, it's like like my brain likes to say, it needs to look like this, you know? I mean, I don't, I guess maybe that's natural or maybe I just got more work to do. Probably a little bit of both if I had to guess, but it doesn't, it doesn't have conditions. And, you know, um, a lot of us have heard it said, like it's immeasurable, you know? And I'll, I think that's powerful as well. So I really like the first line of the second paragraph. Working the step deepens our understanding of membership. And I was in a meeting the other night, and there was somebody sharing about, like, basically about how they're not doing step work, and it's a marathon, not a race. And I'm like, you gotta be in it, you know? Like, this is a 12-step program. Yeah, it might be a marathon. Like, yeah, your recovery is long-lasting, but you ain't gotta drag your feet. I so wanted to share behind them, but I showed a little bit of compassion, and I actually did not. Um, I think someone else did though, but. Anyway, um, but I don't have to be that person, right? I don't have to say, do this, do now. But as we'll touch on later, we are each other's eyes and ears. So where is that line? I know it's with love and respect and compassion. Anyway, I just, I love that topic of where is that line, you know, because I'm a firm believer in we are each other's eyes and ears. But back to the steps. So it's like working the steps will deepen our understanding of membership. Well, that is an awesome way to, like, encourage somebody to work the steps. Because, like, you want to understand what you're doing here? You know, that's what that says to me. Like, why do you come to meetings? I love the phrase, um, meetings without step work is just coffee and bullshit. Yes. Like, that is, I mean, that's so true. And the reason that's so powerful to me is because that has 100% been my experience. You know, like, I have changed because of the steps. Not because... I set aside an hour and a half to go to a meeting a couple times a week. It's because of the steps and the transformation. So, you know, I just feel very passionately about the steps. So um, I just really like that it put that because I've also never thought of it as a way to deepen my my understanding of membership. I hadn't even thought of it like that, but I mean it most certainly does, you know, and um God, I have so much highlighted. <laughs> um, let's see. Holly it had talked about that it helps us confront our prejudices, control issues, insecurities and fears, you know, because, because I, I've never heard it quite like that, but it does touch on all those and I'm sure we'll kind of dive into those more as we get through this chapter. Um, and yeah, so something that really hit me deep was we make amends and clean up after ourselves so we don't have to drag our shame and fear around anymore. And it hit me so deep because that's exactly where I was when I came in and not just when I came in, but I drugged it around and it was, did not feel good, you know, because really and truthfully, I wasn't applying principles, you know, when you work steps, you're supposed to apply the principles you learn, but I had to like stick here long enough and work enough steps to do that. And, um, but yeah, so just shedding that shame and fear, you know, and like the first step of that was coming into Narcotics Anonymous and being accepted and welcomed, you know, and um, I've been told that, um, like, man, you're surprised, but you don't want, you don't, you're the one of the ones that have stayed, you know, I mean, I surprised myself too, I didn't think I was really staying, I like to say, you know, often, like, you know, I got, I got here on a maybe, like, where I'm at today with six years clean, I got here on a maybe, like, you doing this, maybe I can, you know, but it took me coming to meetings to even believe that. So, um, and it says we are free to be honest who we are. Like I don't have to hide anymore. You know, I don't have to live in that fear and that shame. So um, I, I just find it to be beautiful. Like we are accepted today in Narcotics Anonymous, and nobody can tell me what my desire is. You know, and I can't tell all the people what their desire is. So I, I just think this this is going to be really awesome diving into this tradition. So that's all I got. Thanks.
3: It's Alberto. Yeah, thank God for the third tradition, honestly, because I was uh, I don't know. Uh, I have this ego, right, that tells me that like if you're not working steps, then you know what are you doing here? Um, and so it's okay to have that thought, but it's not okay to express it in the meeting. Um, I learned that the hard way. Um. Because like, I don't know, um, like that sentence, it says the more real we get, the more willing we are to let go of our defects, secrets and resentments. So like, I didn't realize that the more I participated in my program, things were going to change without my permission. Like I didn't like, I came in because I had a drug problem, right? I didn't care about my hoe problem. Like right? I was cool with me being a hoe in the rooms until it wasn't. And I was like, when did the change happen? It, it didn't happen with my permission. Um, why does this hurt? Um, and this, honest to God, right? Um, and so then when I would go to meetings and I'm like, well, okay, I can't sleep with the newcomer, or I can't sleep with any of y'all because like I'm, I'm just not emotionally stable enough to do it. But yet I see everybody else doing it, and it's pissing me off, right? Because now I'm over here doing the right thing. Oh, blah blah blah. So like, if you're gonna be doing that mess, I don't want a part of it, right? Leave me alone. Don't get to know me, right? Because what I've seen a lot in, in, the, in the meetings um, in different areas is that people get in relationships, things don't work out, they're not working a program they use, and some of them die, right? And I invested in those people, right? And then it hurts me. And so now I think it's a, it's a great idea to, to tell you that if you're not going to work a program, don't even get to know me. I'm thinking I'm doing something right. And my sponsor, obviously, when I finally tell him this situation, he's like, Alberto, you don't have an understanding of the third tradition. So why don't you stop talking in meetings and start reading before you open your mouth again? And I was like, "Okay, you know, I didn't really know what I did wrong. I was I felt justified. And yet that sentence right here, it says, as long as we have a desire to stop using drugs, our right to membership in NA is unconditional. And I was like, oh, crap. Anybody can be in a meeting regardless, as long as they just want to stop using drugs. If they want to be a hoe, they can be a hoe. If they just want to be there to make friends, they can be there. Like they don't have to be in that meeting, working steps, having a sponsor, being observed. They don't have to. They just have to have the desire to stay clean. And I was like, oh crap. Um, and it just it just. thank God for this tradition because, I don't want to imagine, I don't want to imagine what would have happened if I would have kept doing it, if I would have taken that attitude in different other areas. Like, I don't think I would have been able to stay clean, let alone being able to have the relationships that I have today, right? Because now that I think about it, it I was going in the meetings acting like a fucking predator, excuse my language, um, and yet my sponsor never stopped sponsoring me. People never stopped picking up the phone, right? People weren't there to hug me and welcome me and smile when I share my insanity right and it's talking about be honest who we are well when I was doing those things I was being honest and then the change started happening right through pain through tears through blood the change started happening so if it happened for me then it can happen for anybody else in the rooms and if I deny them because oh I'm investing and you're you know you're dying or blah 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 then I robbed them of the opportunity to be able to stay clean and and find themselves or, you know, um, as I'm finding myself better yet said. Um, So thank God, because you're right, it says it confronts us with our prejudice, control issues and insecurities and fears, right? I'm over there doing exactly that. And I had to realize, well, shoot, how do I how do I practice a principle with people that are doing things that I want to do, but I can't anymore? Well, generosity and compassion and empathy are definitely the right principles to be able to actually put that into play. It's it's not easy. I don't like doing it. I'm gonna be real honest with you. It sucks. Sometimes I wish I could still be down and dirty, um, but I just can't force that anymore. I just can't, you know, so that's all I got for that.
1: Thanks, Alberto. Hey, Donna, can you read those last two little paragraphs there in the beginning part? Yeah.
6: Sure can. NA membership creates connection and belonging. We are a part of something greater than ourselves, and it changes us. There is no single way to be an NA member and no model of the recovering addict. The most powerful message we carry is the simple truth of our experience. Our real value is in being ourselves. We are the message of hope. You know, when I, uh, I was around the program for about a year before I stayed clean altogether. I had you know, pretty significant periods of clean time, months, weeks, you know, way more than I had had before. and uh, and I was coming to meetings most of the time during that. And um, one of the things that was happening for me, I did I still didn't feel like a member. I still hadn't made the decision to belong. I didn't know that I was a part of Narcotics Anonymous. And even though you guys told me, I knew that I was welcome at meetings, you know, but I I hadn't made the decision to become a member. But one of the things I was really noticing was that other people's lives were changing. I was sticking around long enough that I was seeing other people's lives changing. They were, things were getting better for them as they, and they were staying clean. And the last time I got loaded, I was actually enjoying being clean. Right. And I got into a time and a place and an offer the drug was there and there came a time and I had no defense. Right. I had no defense. And um, when I came to, um, uh, I was, I was surrendering and I was asking for God's help, you know, and I think I made the decision at that moment to be a member of Narcotics Anonymous you know, and that, and that to put everything I had into this thing, because I wanted what I saw everybody else had. So you guys were my um, third step or my third tradition. You were my hope shot. You were the thing I wanted to be. I was watching you get and stay clean. And I wanted that, you know, um, and without that unconditional, acceptance I don't know that I would have right because I was that person that just kept coming to meetings I was at retread over and over and over and over again you know and not everybody was nice about it but I but I knew I was welcome you know even you know and I was pretty clear because not mine and I believe them for some reason you know I recently have had a, a discussion With a group of people. I'm part of a a group of people. There's hundreds of us, and everyone in the room has over 20 years clean. And I keep uh, saying, Am I the only one that gets shocked when I find out that people, A, are lying about their clean time, or B, uh, acting, you know, uh, doing illegal things, or, you know, are just, you know, just being scandalous? It's like, Am I the only one? that is still shocked by that. I was like, what do you mean? Because I think partly because I can't see myself doing that stuff and staying clean. Right. I mean, a lot of people have the story about still selling drugs or hitting their wives or, you know, cheating their taxes, whatever their stuff is. And I just, I just couldn't do that stuff and stay clean. Right. And, but, but what I'm seeing is that there are people that can do all of that stuff and not use drugs and not pick up. And um, the thing to remember is they are a member if they say they are, they will always be welcome in a room of Narcotics Anonymous. You know, there was a a time I got into pretty heated discussion with some people I really care about, about um, child molesters and whether they, they belonged in the room of Narcotics Anonymous or not. And I said, if they are a drug addict, I want them in the room of Narcotics Anonymous and I want them sitting right next to me right? Because if there's any hope of change, that's where it's going to happen, you know, and uh, you know, only through getting clean, you know, I realized this about myself only through getting clean did so many of those really ugly behaviors I had had any chance of stopping, you know, and um, however, I want to put a big caveat on all of this, unconditional love and acceptance does not equal unconditional access to me, right? Just because I love you, if you are you know, doing that scandalous shit, you, know, I'll pick up the phone and we can talk, but we ain't hanging. I'm not doing that stuff. I, you know, I'm 61 years old. I'm an old lady. I have no time for that kind of drama in my life, you know? And it um, uh, doesn't mean I won't take you to a meeting. Doesn't mean we won't, can't talk about the steps. It you know? <clears throat> doesn't mean any of that stuff. Um, and being that there's no model of the recovering addict, that includes me, right? I am not the model of a recovering addict. And even though my story is incredible to me, um, it's just one story out of, out of so many, out of millions, right? And that is one of the beautiful things about Narcotics Anonymous a lot of ways to do it i don't know why somebody would come into a program and not work the steps because it is a 12-step program but whatever you know stay miserable it's your program right and the only way out is through that i learned so i'm so glad that we just get to belong right love you guys thanks
1: donna yeah you know one of the things that uh that I had to learn was that it was okay to have boundaries, right? Like I had a, I had a sponsee that kept relapsing and relapsing and relapsing. And there was a point where I was like, okay, clearly you don't want what I have. And I I can't, like, I can't stay on this, this, you know, like you're always welcome here. I'll always answer the phone, but I can't keep doing this. Like I had to, I had to set some boundaries at one point with this and, and people were like, oh, well, what if they die? I'm like, that's, that's really not my, you know, like, I'm, there are more members that are available that they can ask, right? And like, I had to learn what was a healthy boundary for me of what was happening for me in that experience also. And, um, and I, I also liked Donna that, that there's no model of the recovering addict and, you know, and this is why I always say every, every time I ever chair a meeting that the first, and the, the first step in the third tradition are what saved my life. Right. I mean, I was 19 when I got here, I didn't do all the drugs everybody had done. And people still welcomed me and said, you know, like, if you don't ever want to use again, like you're welcome here and you can become a member and you can change your life. And um, and that was what I needed to hear because I, you know, I, I came in through another program and, and was told that I was too young, right. That I hadn't done enough, that maybe, maybe there was, you know, that I wasn't ready yet. I, I didn't have a real bottom yet. And, um and, and when I walked through the doors of Narcotics Anonymous, I was I was welcomed with that different, you know, it didn't matter that my story looked so radically different than yours. I wanted this. I wanted, the, I wanted to change my life. I wanted all of those spiritual principles. I wanted to learn about surrender. I wanted, to, I wanted to live my life differently. I saw that all those things were available to me that other people had done. I just didn't want to have to do them to get this. And um, I was really grateful for that. It was it was really life-saving life for me. Alberto.
3: Yes so like talking on that the whole no model there is no model for the recovering addict. like I don't know about you guys but I've been in meetings and like I just do my best to share from the heart right that way it removes my, my BS out of the way um and then I'll hear other people in the room share, right? People who also, you know, work a program. And I'm like, man, why didn't I share about that, right? Or how come I didn't bring up the steps? Or why didn't I bring up service or whatever? And so the last the last sentence on this page says, we are the message of hope. And it, and it's amazing because then it, it it, humbles me, right? To where like, I'm not, I don't have to be the shining star in a, in a meeting. I don't have to be the one that's just gonna necessarily carry the message there's going to be different people with different messages that it's going to be able to carry out to the individual who needs to hear, right? So it's like, it, it was humbling to be able to finally realize like, man, it's, it's okay that I didn't talk about the steps this time. It's okay that I didn't mention sponsorship. It's okay, right? Because there's more people than just myself, you know? And I think it's in the fit tradition where it talks about that the group is the most powerful vehicle for carrying the message, right? So it's, I love that last sentence. we are the message of hope right there is no recovering model for the recovering addict right because I don't know about you guys but I I'm just the type of person where I like the attention but at the same time I'm not going to do anything to get that attention just show me the attention without me doing anything you know so it kind of helps me kind of humble that down so that's all I got that's Alberto hey Douglas you want to uh,
1: read the up to paragraphs
0: on page 43 yeah thanks michelle all right folks tradition three at the heart of tradition three is compassion this tradition ensures that every addict is free to decide whether to be a member uh, through some combination of desperation courage anguish and hope we find willingness desire is not always visible and it is not measurable whether our commitment to NA is shallow or profound above all it is ours no one can tell us um, it is or is not good enough that we are or are not in a material, the door is always open, we can make or unmake that decision at any time. When we surrender, our lives begin to change. After that first surrender, there will be many more, and after that first decision to be a member, we will commit and recommit over and over. Life circumstances, a move, a breakup, change, or controversy within the fellowship can lead us to question our membership, and can take as much courage to recommit to NA as it does to make that decision the first time. Our fundamental equality, uh, expressed through the principle of anonymity, doesn't mean that difference differences disappear or don't matter. We can recover in unity. Our differences deepen our ability to be of service. Our principles allow innate to transcend difficult and sometimes painful issues of diversity. We're often surprised at where we find common ground. Um, it's just like the italics you know that we read on here. There's so much to unpack, you know, in in these so. I'll take a stab at it. Um, yeah, I really get down with the first sentence. I'm grateful I was able to read these two paragraphs. At the heart of tradition three is compassion, and uh, I really romanticize tradition three. Um, I said the same thing when we when we went over tradition three in the basic text study. You know, last summer, probably around this time or so, or yeah, maybe last summer. But um, you know, I, I I think about like I'm that you know, I'm the addict, I got clean 16, you know, it's like you guys were talking about getting clean young and stuff, man, I got, I got clean there, and I didn't have, there was nothing that I brought in that would say like, I'm, I'm, I belong anywhere, you know, and I also heard, heard this one dude talking about, like, membership stuff, he said, he said something that was really cool, It's like, any club that would have me as a member, I don't want to be a part of, and I was like, yeah, that sums up my whole life, bro, it does, mm-hmm. but, you know, real quick though, for some people who are listening who 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 maybe don't know the history behind this tradition and just how how beautiful it is, man, and how like inspired, you know, it is. I Just want to give like a thirty second rundown of that, man, for them for them listening. It was like, you know, it's just AA history, really, is what is what it is. And there was this, you know, the the written history is that it was a um, like a black transvestite crossdresser guy, you know, his homosexual had half blonde hair. You know, and 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 he went to this meeting to the clubhouse and, and the guy at the door wouldn't let him in. He suffered from, you know, he was like, Well, he was he was an addict and uh you know different things. And the guy said, just wait, wait here. He went back and talked with the group. And and during the discussion, man, you know, the one dude said, Listen, what would the master do? And uh, and then the next line reads, like, what what more can be done, or what well, what what more can be said? And so this guy went in to get recovery and carry the message to scores. It says scores of others. And I romanticize that because like in my mind, how I see like a loving higher power architect that is like, there were people just like him who suffered from different afflictions, you know, like, just like me, an addict, man, that he was able to say, Hey, look, here's freedom. You know, and so I really romanticize that because look, I, I, I was poor, man. We, I grew up poor, my folks, you know, factory workers, man. And uh, so I didn't come in like, you know, just like y'all were talking about, no, no money, didn't need money to be a member, for real, didn't, you know, my hygiene was so bad, man, my teeth were so yellow, and I, and I didn't smell good, I shared, I think, when I was speaking the other night, Carl, when Alberta jumped on, you know, I had the, had the do- and Brooke had the dollar store deodorant, man, you know, that clicked up, it was a gel, and ain't worth a shit, you know, it's like putting nothing on So I smelled really bad, you know, and, and uh, none of that mattered, man. If you want we we'll wait and we'll read this here in a few other you know paragraphs but look you know if you want we have you're willing to make the effort you know if you can say yeah to that and come on with us you know come on with it and so i'm really i'm really grateful about that and then the last comment that i'll make here is uh <clears throat> you know over in the italic in the, the italics man i think. I don't. I don't really like that whole you no know, model of the recovering addict. I don't. I think it gets taken out of context so much. You know what I'm saying? When when I see that, I do. I do think there are some characteristics though of like being, like free in the program. And Donna, you were talking about you know, step work, you know, serving, getting out of ourselves and in, in, into other people. And you're exactly right. Hey, don't do it. <laughs> coming to meetings, man, doing all this stuff and like not working steps, you know, living this, it's like working all week. And at the end telling your boss, keep the paycheck. You know, that's how I equate that shit too, man. Like, you know, it's uh, but you, you're right. Many people can say as miserable as they want, but I do want to say there, there, there is something really close to a template that somebody about to use. It just is, man. It's not like we wake up, Oh shit. You know, I get struck by lightning and then we're loaded, man. Recovery is not fragile. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, Uh, anyway, another, another thing I wrote this down that, that unconditional love is not unconditional access. And then the boundaries piece, man, I think that was just so beautiful too. um, someone, you know, someone that we're, we all know, you know, we all kick it with is on a is on a run right now. And I I feel, I feel two different sets of, of texts and conversations and calls today this person and this person, they're asking me, well, aren't you worried? Don't you think, don't you feel, you know, and I understand that they're in the chaos, man, and it's hurting and shit, but long, long fucking gone are the days where I'm running someone down and I'm getting myself all mixed up because you know what? I commit myself to staying clean a day at a time. I just do, that's what I do. And I can live in a freedom. And when uh, we have, we we'll to make the effort, you know, then, so, it's been good. This is Michelle. I'm with you. This is I romanticize this tradition. I think it's just beautiful, you know. So those are my comments. I'll pass.
1: I think one of the things, like you were talking about that the model, you know, I think that like each one of us gets to figure out what that is, so that we get to decide who we want in our life at, right? Like, I think about that. Like, like my heart is open to every addict who walks in the door, but then I also have to decide who I want in my life at, right? Who are those people? What are what are the characteristics, and what is the person? what does that look like for me about those people I wanna bring closest to me to help me on this journey, right? So, um, and there is a model for that for me, right? But that's my personal, uh, you know, I don't share that. That's just like my personal thing where I go, okay, these are characteristics that are important to me and another human being uh, and how I wanna live my recovery. Carl?
5: Yeah, just, I really love this second paragraph. I mean, it's so much power in it. and. Um, I think it really shines a lot of light on the third tradition just in this small little piece I mean it, it just shows how important so it says our fundamental equality expressed through the principle of anonymity doesn't mean that differences disappear or don't matter we can recover in unity and this part I think is really great our differences deepen our ability to be of service Our principles allow NA to transcend difficult and sometimes painful issues of diversity. We are often surprised at where we find common ground. You know, and I think that just because that's the only requirement, like because it is, and it it was read, the most powerful message we carry is the simple truth of our experience. You know, and I think that's really like when I came into NA, you know, and so I love this when I was in treatment you know like I was sitting outside smoking a cigarette with this this tech and he was an NA member and he had shared his story you know and he was I had never related to someone like that before in my life I don't think you know and but the things he was sharing and, and then he hit some stuff like this dude he smoked crack so hard that a piece of the Brillo went into his intestines and they had to cut him open and take his intestines out, wash them every day and put them back inside. And it shocked the shit out of me, <laughs> you know, but all the things we began to talk about, you know, and all these things that he began to tell me. And, and I remember, I'll never forget asking him, you know, it was like 20, maybe one or two of us in that treatment center. And I was sitting out there one day and I was smoking a cigarette with him. And I was like, bro, how many of us are going to make it? You think? You know, like, be real. He's like, I'll be surprised if one of you motherfuckers make it. And there was like this, his experience, you know what I mean? And, and like Douglas just said, you know, if you want, we have to offer and are willing to make it, you got to be willing to fucking make it. And then you take it back to this other part over here. Hey, the only requirement for membership is that desire, but membership will require much of us. (laughs) And that's what he told me. But in the beauty of all that is that one simple requirement allows for such great diversity. And I think that it allowed, like, that little paragraph has allowed me to cross so many boundaries that I had set because of the way I was raised or taught or everything. It it allowed me to connect with people, that connection and belonging it talked about, it allowed me to connect and feel belonging to people I would have never spoken to, ever. And I think that's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. You know, and I love that they wrote it this way like Douglas had just talked about. I mean, there's people I've connected with in NA that if I wasn't a member of NA, I would have never connected with, or even or even spoken to. So that's all I got, thanks.
1: Thanks, Connor? Uh,
6: Well, it just occurred to me that I've never sat in a meeting and thought that there was anybody in that room that couldn't get clean, you know, and maybe it's because of my experience with me getting clean, you know, this is available to anybody who wants it. Anybody can get clean. And that is part of what we say in Narcotics Anonymous. That is one of the things that we took away when we we went on our own path, it's like anybody can get clean. Anybody can stay clean. Anybody can find a new way of life, right? And it's never occurred to me. I mean, maybe it's a treatment thing, but I've never sat in a meeting and thought that because I know that anybody can get clean. I've had questions sometimes. Sometimes folks come in with some real heavy mental health issues and stuff like that. But we have a local guy here. Oh my God, we love him so much. And when he got clean, he was living in a cemetery. That's where he slept every night. Right. And the garbage can really wrapped it, it as like, he come into our meetings and we'd like, oh my God, how is he, how is he doing this? Right. And he's got like, 10, 12 years clean now. He is, I mean, he's still a little odd, but we love him so much, you know? And uh, it, it just never occurs to me that the, that there are are people that can't get clean because because the message of narcotics anonymous is that anybody can get and stay clean and find a new way of life.
1: Thanks, Donna. You know, and I think the important piece there is too is, is how they're received, right? Like if we, if if we're not conscious as a group of receiving them even with those differences and, and having, you know, like it talked about in the italicized part about having our hearts open, right, then those people can feel judged and, and less than and not want to come back, right, because, so I think that that experience is so important. Hey, the other thing I'm sorry you guys I could talk like for days about this tradition so it's a good thing we'll probably be talking about it for like the next 20 episodes. Um, so. <laughs> I, but I want to touch on this because in that first paragraph that Douglas read, it says, can take as much courage to recommit to NA as it does to make that decision the first time. And I think that that's a really important thing to talk about because, like you know, I've been clean for for multiple decades now and, and I've had a few times in my recovery where I really disconnected, you know, I had, I had like there was like three, four years where I didn't have. I was still in California. I didn't have a sponsor. I was barely going to meetings. I was, I was like, I was, a, I was a hot mess. And I had a sponsor. who said to me, like, you don't have what I want anymore. And I had to realize that I'd gotten so far away. Like I was still clean, and there was still this like little tiny flame, right, of desire to stay clean. But like my behaviors and things that were going, like Don was saying, like she never well, Like I was, I was doing some crazy shit. I was clean right? I was still a member, but I wasn't connected to spiritual principles or living a principled life because I'd let that void get so big. And, and And I needed another member to like call me on it and kind of shake my tree a little bit so that I came back to, oh shit, like what, what do I want with my life? And, and I had to recommit and that recommitment was really hard because, you know, I had like 10 years clean and I kind of had that, I know it all attitude and you know, I don't, I don't need you. And, um, you know, some of those things that come up for us. And, and, um, so, you know, but, but luckily somebody kind of shook my tree and like, like caught my, got me to really think about it and make that recommitment again. And and it shifted my recovery. And just even the last couple of years, I've talked about this on the podcast, right. Up until the, the, the coronavirus happened, like I was pretty disconnected. I wasn't really committed. and. And having that, losing the ability to be in contact with people physically like shook my tree again. Like I had to like shook me in my roots and I had to, to look at how to recommit. And, and, uh, and the beauty is, is that when I make that decision again, usually it becomes deeper. Like I sink deep, for me, I sink deeper into my recovery, which is what's happened this year, yeah, Brooke.
2: Thanks, Michelle. I just want to bounce off that because while you were sharing, I, in the last couple of um, months, we've had a lot of people come in, um, people with time, who couldn't do the Zoom thing, and they managed to hold on to their clean time. Um, But they were, a few of them were just like, flat out suicidal. Um, And I mean, they were just, they're just, and it's really hard to be there. because it worked. And then all of a sudden, it kind of stopped, um, if that makes sense. And, um, and and that's, and I, I've i been there, I get that feeling where it's just like, is that all there is? Is this what I, you know, is this the, is this my plateau, my recovery plateau? <laughs> you know, it sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, I, so I just really wanted to speak out to people. And it's like, uh, you, can, you can still be a member, uh, an important member, even if you have 15 years clean and haven't been to a meeting for five years, you are still welcome. Um, and uh, absolutely. And then also all of the people who are trying to come back after having years clean and just didn't make it through COVID clean, um, you are welcome in meetings and any addict can stop using lose the desire to use and find a new way to live, even if you've done it before. Um, and so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, that really um, is important for me to speak out about because I know my head. My head is like, you don't fucking belong here. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're feeling judged in a meeting, stay there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe go to a meeting that likes you better next time, but still <laughs> stay with us. <laughs> um, and that's my thanks. And, Melissa, you want to
1: read those next two paragraphs?
4: see our recovery is not automatic uh we tell newcomers oh yeah okay one out. all right um we tell newcomers we are only interested in what you want to do about your problem and how we can help practicing tradition three puts that into action our symbol reminds us that the broader the pace, the base the higher the point of freedom our diverse membership around the world and within our home communities can help to ensure that there is someone to welcome every addict who comes in. Empathy and dignity are available to all. Recovery is not automatic. Our literature states, if you want what we have to offer and are willing to make the effort to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Lives depend on the answer to these critical questions. Do I want what NA has to offer? Am I willing to make the effort to get it? You may be tempted to think we can answer these questions for others, but no one knows the depth of an addict's desire. An addict who comes around for months or years without putting clean time together might be desperate to get it. An addict who gets clean right away and whose life comes back right back together might not take the process seriously. We have no way of knowing for someone else. So it's it's interesting to me that they talk... (laughs) You know they state like what we read in the beginning of our of how it works and then at the end of it they're saying you know we have no way of knowing for someone else you know it's like it's kind of a lot to grasp you know it's because like I don't know that's a tough one but um so I really like that recover the whole recovery is not automatic thing like it doesn't just happen you know like, if you're not running in the race, then they're just passing you by. You're not even in the race, you know? Anyway, so um, I thought it was really cool how it pointed um out around the world, right? So whether it's around the world or in our communities, you know, and I feel honestly, it's almost like I don't even know, like before 2020, like around the world, like what did that look like? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, the world services office you know and it's like now around the world is like literally a couple clicks away that's like and I've been in meetings in other countries and I don't know I, I just think like you know we have an opportunity now if you were willing you have an opportunity to be have recovery anywhere you want it. I could go to meetings and not even know the language you know Speaking of, the serenity prayer in other languages is actually really cool. You can, like, feel it, you know, like, oh, it's amazing. So, and, um, let's see. Yeah, and, you know, making sure that, um, or ensuring that there's someone to welcome every addict who comes in, you know, that's really important. I mean, one, obviously, you know, like, for myself, like, if no one was here to welcome me, I wouldn't have, like, sat in a room by myself, you know? um in fact that's what I was doing before I came in (laughs) and um but yeah so you know through COVID like it was like I mean months I felt like where people didn't come in and that just doesn't typically happen you know um and it was disheartening you know and it it was like I don't know I never experienced it before and it kind of just happened all of a sudden you know and I would show up and like Next thing I know, like eventually someone came, right? And I needed to get up at a meeting with And I didn't even realize that it had been forever since I printed one out. And like it wasn't even up to date, you know? And like it just really showed me like where is your readiness? Like how ready are you for that next addict? So that was like a really profound experience for me. Um, just like always be ready. Now I'm not gonna say I'm always on, you know, how they say like being on. <laughs> I'm not always on necessarily but like it just gave me like a different outlook on it like look I can do more you know and just be mindful even when they're not here like that that's that's my duty to narcotics anonymous for the gift that it's given me I mean that's how I feel you know for myself um and I really like that it said empathy and dignity um are available to all because like I didn't have that when I got here you know I'm pretty clear about the state that I came here in you know and um in fact I didn't even want empathy because I I had so little dignity about myself you know like I didn't it's got it's sad but that's like how we come in you know so we need people to be there and to be loving and accepting and not say you don't want it bad enough you know I mean I already was telling myself that kind of stuff like I don't even deserve this you know I came in here like they were talking about earlier, like suicidal. And um. so, of course, I loved how I quoted the beginning of how it works. Just a funny story about that is like when I came, I'm like such a literature like fan. But when I came in here, like, you know, I get a little like maybe like 60, 90 days and I'm starting to critique the literature. And I used to say like, and now it doesn't make any sense to me, but instead of willing to make the effort to get it, for some reason, I thought it should say like willing to take the effort to get it or whatever. I don't know. But it just like I had such this like opinionated mind and like I could do it better. You know that was some bullshit and that was my ego talking. But I stayed thankfully and then you know it started to make sense to me exactly how it was written and now like cling to the literature because it's so profound. But um let's see. Now this is be the last piece I speak on. Um but this like hit me hard. So an addict who gets clean right away, whose life comes back right back together, might not take the process seriously. And that has not been my road. I have the people in here that know me all these years. They know that I have um, worked extremely hard to get my daughter back, went through so many trials and um. Just like the struggle and surrender and like having to find myself and just be okay with however that's going to turn out, you know, and that's one piece, you know, I mean, just dealing with all kinds of stuff, right? Like abuse and just all kinds of stuff. And like, it didn't get put back together right away. Guess what? It's still not, you know, I've been separated from my daughter for eight years and she's 12 you know and i do get visitation now and now it's unsupervised but for 5 years i had supervised visits twice a month last year i started getting overnight visits and now i don't have to have supervised and i don't have to pay for those supervised visits so i'm saying it has been a slow process for me and i am i'm almost certain like the reason i came in was to get my daughter back you know i thought i needed the sheet of paper to tell the judge that i was doing good right and um I'm certain that if they would have given me her back, at the very least, I would have been like, oh, I can't go to a meeting tonight. I got to get her in bed, you know, and like life's good now. Well, I don't need to go anymore, but no, I had to really look at myself, find peace within myself and like work for this. And I'm like, like, sounds crazy, but I'm like really grateful because I have like a life today that I would have never known, never known if my story was any different. And today I'm actually a mom. I show up every time I can and I'm clean, you know? And um, so it's weird to say that I'm glad I didn't get everything back right away, but my experience is that that it was the best thing that could have happened to me. So that'll pass, thank
1: you. That's nice. Alberta, you wanna read those next paragraphs?
3: All right. <clears throat> So, when others question their membership, especially when a family member or beloved sponsee is making that decision, we want them to choose freely, but we want them to choose our way. It can help us to consider that we are simply practicing patience, waiting and hoping and praying that their time will come. Tradition three teaches us patience. We welcome people back with with love and respect, sometimes for years. We can be loving and still tell each other what we see. We are each other's eyes and ears. When our observations are offered with respect and care, they are more likely to be heard. We approach this tradition from both sides of the door. As addicts considering whether NA is a place we want to be, and as members deciding how best we carry the message, our message is clear. Questioning or trying to place limits on the openness of this tradition has been part of our history from the very beginning. Much of our attention to the third tradition reflects our reservations about its simplicity. Protecting ourselves and our program doesn't mean guarding the door, but making sure it stays open. Setting aside ideas of who who should be here and why. Not all who come will want what NA has, and not all will be willing to do the work. It is never our job to judge another addict's desire for recovery. Membership issues have a way of resolving themselves. We pay attention to our own motives and behavior and remember that actions mean more than words. Oh, Sweet Chris. I don't know why that was really hard to read. I think I got emotional with what Melissa was uh, sharing about there. Honestly, I felt like I was stuttering. Um, and uh, that, that last cent- the first sentence is when others question their membership, especially when a family member below sponsor is making a decision and we want them to choose freely and we want them to choose our way like I get I've realized that I can't force anybody I can't you know And know literature talks about we can pray we can hurt them you know we can force them it just it's just not going to work right Uh, I have a sibling right now who (laughs) we attempted to force into the program you know I had a little bit less than six months clean and uh you know Carl knows them my my sponsor knows them I think Melissa even knows them and he got he almost made six months clean, but he was a tourist, he was a tourist in this program, right? You know, he accumulated some money and decided to go back. That was almost four years ago, um, four and a half actually. And <laughs> it hurts, right? It hurts because like that uh, the last paragraph we read before this, it was saying about the process taking time, right? I got to come in this program happy. I don't understand how you people could be happy and smiling and hugging and conversating from, I still struggle with conversations. Like after this podcast is over and we're all cutting up, I'm like quiet chilling, right? Because I don't really know still how to do it and that's okay. Right. Um, but I've learned like, or i better yet said I'm learning. It, it's said that somewhere around here it says that the NA membership has its own way of resolving it itself. Like, I don't have to do anything but just what I'm doing right now, right? And, I, and I'm grateful that I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, right? Because, like, after, I think it was, like, nine months, ten months, I started seeing some change, some, like, actual positive change. And I was happy, right? Like, it took me five years to realize that, like, holy crap, I, I actually care about my mom and my nephew and, like, my other brother. And I actually want relationships with them. Like it took me five years. When before it was just like, eh, you know, I'm okay without them. You know what I mean? I got I got stuff that I gotta worry about. Um, but I, I I'm so grateful that 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 I was able to do the work, right? And nobody closed the door. It, it was talking about keeping that door open, right? And and then and like I know we've talked about being mindful and like who who we let in and who we don't. Like sure we do that, but I didn't hear a single time where any of y'all mentioned about not picking up the phone or not being there with that addict at the meeting. Not once did y'all say, oh, this addict shouldn't be in that meeting. And I'm grateful that I didn't hear that. I'm grateful that you guys are practicing boundaries on who you guys let in. But not once did I hear, oh, look, I'm not fooling with this person. Right. And, and I believe like that's the reason why we all get to be here. Carl was talking about like, if it wasn't for this program, he would have probably not hung out with some people, talk with some people. I look at Carl, Carl's a very good looking dude, looks well-dressed, well-mannered. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have talked to him, right? Because I'm like, oh no, he's, you know, he's he's probably one of the guys that would have sold drugs to him and, and would have ripped them off, right? Back in back in the act of addiction. So it, it's amazing that because of this program, it removes all of that. The doors open five years now like this is who I am still awkward still weird but I'm clean and I'm getting better and it's (laughs) the third tradition opened that door for me right being the only Mexican in the like white and black community area in New Orleans no one said get out of here immigrant no one said that they hugged me and loved me that's all I got
1: thanks Alberto great way to laugh in our first episode on on tradition three, you know the one thing I was just going to add really quick is that is that reminder that the seed gets planted. Anytime someone comes to one NA meeting, there is this little seed that gets planted, and with love it grows, right? And we don't, we don't know when it's going to blossom, right? But it's there, and nobody ever forgets once they come once. <laughs> so. Uh, Just just remember that, right? That we plant seeds and uh, and build beautiful gardens. So uh, that's the end of our first episode on uh, Tradition 3. Uh, The only requirement for membership is the desire to stop using. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.